Good evening, fans of Friday Night Lights. This is Howard Finkel, and you're listening to the Cliff Notes Podcast Weekly Pregame Show with your host, Clifton Grooms. And welcome, everybody, to the Cliff Notes Podcast. I'm your host, Clifton Grooms. This is going to be our last eight-man segment as we break down Districts 2 and Districts 1 here. Let's not waste any time. Let's get into the bracket here. Now, District 2 was originally supposed to be a nine-team bracket with COVID-related issues. It's now down to five teams. So let's go ahead. Let's break it down. South Philadelphia State, they got a buy in the um, district here in District 2. So um, we, we had an interview with um, their head coach, Oren Magruder. He was kind enough to um, join us again here on the podcast talking about their regular season. Uh, them shared a Highway 275 championship and a look ahead in the playoffs. So, um... Here's our interview with Southwest Livingston coach Orrin Magruder. And we're here on the Cliff Notes podcast. We're talking eight-man district two. We got Southwest Livingston head coach Orrin Magruder back with us. Coach, how you doing? Pretty good, Clifton. How are you? I'm doing good. Doing good. My favorite time of the year, playoff football, baby. That's all we can all we can talk about. So, um, coach, before we talk about that, let's talk about last week's game. Um, Last week, you guys got a big win over King City. Not only did you guys grab a victory over King City, you guys wrapped up a three-way tie for a Highway 75, uh, 275 Conference Championship. Just talk about the game and the feelings of winning a conference title. Um, well, that's what uh, I think of the games we've been playing. Both teams are probably still scoring. You know, it was a high-scoring affair. Um, early on, we turned the ball over a few times, stuff like that, and they got up on us. And, uh, you know, we called back and, then I think they, you know, returned the favor of a few fumbles and stuff like that. And we got touched on right before half and uh, got up by 10 and then got a stop coming out of halftime, got another score and just stayed, you know, between 10 and 18 points. And, um, that's a really good football team. They are fast, they're physical, their line's huge, you know, and their running back is one of the most impressive kids in the state. You know, Parker Muff, he's leading the state and rushing for a reason, you know, and his line does a great job. And, uh, we really had a hard time with him and uh, <laughs> tried to slow him down the best we could, but uh, he's a really good ball carrier and, like I said, a really good line. So um, just a tough night for us defensively, but offensively, you know, everything kind of clicked. We uh, threw for school record 394 yards and, um, you know, also had over 200 yards rushing. So a uh, good balanced night of offense. Well, Coach, and, um, um, let's talk about – Let's talk about the conference championship, y'all. Yeah, like I said earlier, y'all, yeah, you guys uh, clinched a three-way tie for a conference championship. You guys have actually rebounded really nicely after that loss to Mound City in order to push towards the end of the regular season. How's it feel to um, be uh, one of three teams to win a conference championship? Well, that's what, uh, you know, we'd like to have that one back. Mound City's kind of had a number for, oh, several years now. Um they're a tough football team, and uh, we didn't execute very well in that game. And uh, you know, they were a very good football team. They've kind of been riddled with injuries, and opened up the door for you know us and South Hole and Yale to tie. And Coach Peterson and uh, Coach Barons are really good guys. And um, you know, just <laughs> happy I guess we could get back in the race after that loss. And so um, I also think that game kind of woke us up a little bit, so you know we're not invincible because early on we kind of like, we're feeling pretty good, you know. Um, up, you know, a good win over EA and South Holt back-to-back weeks, and kids were flying pretty high, and um, Mount City kind of came in here and showed us that, you know, we weren't invincible, that we couldn't take anything for granted, so um, 
but overall, you know, good job by the kids and uh, conference title is pretty cool. Absolutely. I think anytime you win a conference championship, that's pretty nice. Um, Coach, um, let's talk about districts here real quick. Um, you guys are the only um, Cliff Notes podcast um, coverage area team that's in District 2. So, um, other than North Shelby, I really don't know really a lot about these other teams in these other districts. Just um, just run through um, eight-man District 2 as a whole. Well, that's what, you know, I'm kind of right there with you. A lot of these teams are – uh you know new teams to eight man and stuff so i haven't seen a whole lot of film of them i haven't really talked to them too much um, uh, us north shelly the top two seeds and coach bass is a great you know great guy and his teams always play very tough fast physical football and um kind of seeing them on film we've kind of traded some film this year and they're you know the same as they have been and um you know then you got st paul who's going to be a number three seed and they end up having COVID, so they had to drop uh, unfortunately for them, because they've had a really good season this year, and you know they're a big tough football team, and I think they, you know, could have possibly made some noise in our district, but uh, you know, just tough break for them, their kids, and their coach. You know, they've done a great job all year long. And just, you know, I hate it for them because that could happen to any of us, and it's totally out of our hands. Um, and then you got Coach Thacker and Norbert, who uh, is the four seed, and you know, anybody knows Thacker knows he's a great guy, and uh, they compete hard. And, uh, Concordia and Santa Fe, who I don't know much about. You know, that's our possible matchup, and um, I believe I'm missing one. I think we got Skyler County in there too, Coach. There you go. That's what, and that's I probably know more about them than the other ones because uh, when I was at Fayette as an assistant, you know, we actually played against them in eleven man, and uh, I think, you know, I, I don't think the record's great, but. Um, you know, I think they're going to play with a lot of pride and uh, see what happens with them. Um, definitely. Uh, Coach, uh, I know you, you alluded to it earlier. Uh, you guys have a bye this week. Uh, what's going to be the biggest thing for you guys this week in practice? Is it going to be staying sharp, working on fundamentals, um, all that good stuff? Well, that's what really is more about recovery than anything so far, and I hate doing that because I don't want them getting out of shape and uh, you know, getting out of the habit of hitting and stuff like that. But, um, you know, at the same point, we've been playing without Chase Neptune for three weeks now or whatever pretty much and um, got several other guys that's been banged up. And so just been emphasizing rest. And today we finally, you know, got back in some pads. and uh, We did some half shells wrapping up stuff and um, just really got back into fundamental football. You know, on offense we worked on here's how you carry the football, you know, day one stuff, just make sure we're still doing the fundamentals right. And, uh, I mean, that's, you know, our health and making sure we're doing the fundamentals, you know, that's, that's going to be key for us going into districts. And so we're trying to get bodies healthy and, uh, still move around a little bit and not hit too much, but, uh, just get kids, you know, make sure we're in the habit of doing the right things. And, um, you know, next week we'll get a, we'll get an opponent and we can start doing the scout and we'll get back in the normal flow of things. Absolutely. I'm Southwest Livingston coach Ord Magruder here with us, coach. I want to thank you so much for coming on the podcast again. Um, definitely a big part of it. Uh, again, uh, good luck to you and your boys this week as you guys prepare for next week's uh, second round matchup. All right. Thank you, Clifton. We appreciate your coverage. A huge thank you to Oren Magruder from Southwest Livingston for joining the show. Um, other matchup, uh, there's only one matchup this week. It's uh, the four-seeded Concordia against uh, five-seeded Santa Fe. Um, winner of that game will take on Southwest Livingston next week. And then um, 
North Shelby is the number two seed. They had a bye. And then um, Norbert Harden Central, they were originally supposed to take on Schuyler County this week. But Schuyler County, a um, little late breaking news. They had to... Um, they had to pull out this week this week due to COVID-related issues. So Norbert Harden Central is moving on. So Norbert Harden Central will take out South Shelby. That's a matchup next week. So that will round out District 2. To uh, round out District 2, actually, we brought in Devin and Anthony again. Now, um, keep in mind, uh, this was actually filmed before Schuyler County's um, forfeit. So um, Devin, here's our interview with uh, Devin and Anthony. That's going to take place right now. And we're here on the Cliff Notes podcast. We've got another district, eight-man district up for you. we got District 2 now. Um, Devin Abbotson and Anthony Crane back with us, gentlemen. Um, welcome back for a third time. Um, how are you guys doing? Doing well. Good. So, um, gentlemen, let's move on to um, District 2 now. Um, this was a nine-team district. It's now down to six now. So, um, I know uh, I know Southwest Livingston pretty well. Um, I've seen North Shelby. Um, a couple times. I've seen some North Shelby a couple times. So, um, other than that, really, I, I really don't know too much about this district. So, um, gentlemen, let's break down um, Amen District 2. Uh, first of all, just there's three teams that you said kind of opt out there. Bramer and Keatsville opted out pretty early on in the process. They're actually going to play each other this week in a conference matchup. Uh, as they both opt out of the playoffs, they're going to play each other. They're both winless. Bramer had a game in years. Keatsville's in their first year of program. I think it's probably best for those two teams to play each other. And get some get more out of that than playing a Southwest Livingston or North Shelby and losing by eighty. Get just more out of it. Point for those two teams. And then St. Paul Lutheran, they were quarantined for the last week of regular season. They weren't going to be able to get back before the first round of the playoffs, so they're um, bumped out as two. And they were going to be the three seed district and be at least a solid three seed going. But now at this point, uh, Concordia, they just don't have the horses this year. Norman Harden Central, they're an okay team, but they're not going to be able to challenge the top two seeds. Santa Fe and Skyler. They have one, they have two combined wins. It just not there's not a whole lot here to contend with Southwest and North Shelby, which should be a fantastic district championship game um, between Coach Bass there at North Shelby and Coach Magruder at Southwest Livingston. Two guys that uh, I know me and Anthony like a lot over there. They're both really good coaches and put their programs at the top of the state for a reason because they're well coached and they're building year after year. Both these teams lost quite a few senior skill players from last year. Of course, Southwest losing Mac Anderson and North Shelby losing I think their whole backfield from last year. And they're both back to this point this year where they're both wanting to compete for a state championship. So that's props to both those guys for building good programs there that have been very dominant in that district. Yeah, I know we talked about District 3 kind of being a two-horse race. Um, that is definitely District 2. Uh, while we like you know some of the other teams in that district, it will come down to North Shelby and Southwest Livingston, um, who two are the better teams in the state. And, you know, Southwest may be the best. Um, but you have to give props to North Shelby and Magruder, like uh, Devin said, because, you know, last year it was uh, a bit of a surprise to see Southwest make it to the state title game. Um, mm -hmm. And I, I think it caught everyone off guard that they are the team they are this year. Um, they replaced, you know, an all-everything quarterback with a quarterback whose game may be even better, or more well-rounded at least. Um, and, you know, same for North Shelby. You know, Stoneburner has been a, a good quarterback for them. Uh, you saw against Stanberry, he's a great defensive back as well. Um, so that'll be a great matchup. Uh, and I know if you talk to people in North Shelby, you know, last year they believe they should have won that, this, that game. 
Um, and so I think they're ready to get another shot at the Wildcats. Yeah, absolutely. If you look at both these teams, uh, for North Shelby, the two Lunsford boys, the little one that plays running back and the big one that plays nose tackle and center for him, they're both really good players with Stoneburner. The Yulemeyer kid's pretty good there. And then Southwest Livingston, the 275 all-conference um, teams came out today. They had six of the nine selections on offense and four of the eight on defense, four of the eight or nine on defense as well. Uh, just so explosive on offense, just so talented across the board. Not just your skill guys, as Wesley Hughes, the really good quarterback, gets the guys on the outside of the ball quite a bit, but also up front with um, Owen H and Jaden Sears are both really good linemen for them. And so they're a really talented team from top to bottom this year. Uh, they hit a lot of sophomores and juniors last year that helped kind of supplement Mac Anderson. But this year, those guys have been able to blossom uh, with him leaving. They were able to, able to expand their roles a little bit and show how good they are as football players as well. So everyone kind of knows Southwest Livingston wasn't just a one-man team. It was like, hey, they have a bunch of other guys who are all really good. Um, so right now, I think Southwest is the favorite of this district. But the way North Shelby plays, I would not be surprised if they won this one as well. Yeah, I mean, Jaden Sears, uh, I've watched a few games, and he just destroys offensive lines. Uh, you know, uh, Magruder said last week they constantly ran away from him. It didn't matter. I think he still had 18 tackles. Um, then <laughs> Neptune being a little banged up, you know, you hope he's back for the districts um, because that is, that's a huge loss if they don't have him. Yep. But then they just moved Sears to receiver, and he looks like Randy Moss out there. From uh, so you can't say enough about what that kid is able to do. He plays center, their backup quarterback, and a receiver for. I don't understand. <laughs> He's so good. So, definitely, that should be a fun district there. Southwest Livingston, North Shelby, just a couple of teams there in the district there. Um, gentlemen, thank you so much for joining me as far as eight man district two. We got one more district to break down with Devin and Anthony. That's eight man district one. We'll see you all on the flip side when we preview eight man district one. Thank you so much to Devin and Anthony. We will see them one more time here in just a few minutes as they break down 8-Man District 1. Speaking of 8-Man District 1, let's run down that bracket. It's headlined by the one-seed Drexel and their head coach, Philip Dean. They're going to be taking on the eight-seed Osceola. We had an opportunity to talk with Coach Dean. I know he's been wanting to come on the show. He's been asking on social media. We've been talking about it for a little while. So um, here you go. What have you been waiting for, 8-Man football fans? The debut of Drexel coach Philip Dean to the Cliff Notes podcast. And we're here on the Cliff Notes podcast. We are talking eight-man football district one and making his debut on the Cliff Notes podcast. Maybe the best hair in eight-man football, Drexel coach Philip Dean. How are you doing, coach? I am super excited to be here on the Cliff Notes podcast. Uh, I hope I do a great job in my debut and become a reoccurring guest. Uh, it's become aware, uh, to my knowledge, that both uh, Kevin and uh, Magruder have interviewed previously tonight. So uh, I have to get a W in that column, and I have to outperform them here. Uh, no doubt I got them beat in the hair game right off the bat, though. <laughs> hey, if I said you got the best hair in AMF football, I guess you do got them beat as far as the hair game is concerned. But, uh, <laughs> Coach, um, Coach, let's talk about you real quick. Um, well, let's get to dive into your story. Obviously, you know, right now you're the head football coach at Drexel. Um, just um, give us a little bit of your story on your stops, just your story, and um, how you got to Drexel. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I'm uh... – Drexel alumni. Uh, I went to Drexel from first grade through my senior year, and uh, I uh, 
went to play college ball at uh, Avila University there in Kansas City, Missouri. Uh, got got my art ed degree from uh, CMSU. I finished my degree at uh, CMSU after one too many concussions uh, there at Avila, and I realized I uh, wasn't making the NFL, so I figured I'd better choose a, a path that was a little bit more healthier for my brain. Uh, so I finished my degree there at CMSU. Uh, upon graduating there, I got a job at uh, Amorette, Missouri, the school uh, Miami, Missouri. There's two uh, Miami, Missouris, uh, one up north and, and one down south, and I got the one down south, which is about 15 miles away from Drexel. So uh, I went out and saw the big world. I was down at uh, Miami uh, for two years as their head coach. Uh, they were eight-man football is before they're, uh, they co-opt with uh, the school I'm at now, Drexel. And uh, when I was there, uh, we won. I was a head coach for two years. We won uh, two district titles and made two uh state semifinal appearances uh both of those ended up uh we lost both of those to uh St. Joe Christian who's coming back to eight man and uh their coach uh, Mark Jewell there who had really built the that program up throughout the years uh after my two years there at uh Miami uh job opened up at my alma mater uh Drexel and that's something I always wanted to do was uh get back to my hometown and, and give the kids what had been given to me a, a great education by uh, educators that shaped my life and, and truly cared. And uh, I've been at Drexel ever since, uh, operating as an assistant coach. And then last year, uh, I finally got the nod to be the head coach as we made our move to uh, eight man football. And uh, the rest is history. Haven't always had the long hair. That's just something I kind of uh, pulled out for uh, this year because every coach needs a stick. And uh, I guess that's what's been holding me back all along because now I'm getting all these media appearances. Hey, there you go. There you go. Um, coach, um, let's talk about your kids now. Obviously, you know, you guys are one of the top-ranked um, football teams in eight-man football. But there's really uh, a lot of a lot of eight-man football fans in this area here where I'm at, where the Cliff Notes podcast is at who haven't really got to see you guys play. So, um, so I'm just, um, if they were to watch a Drexel football game, who would be some of the kids that they would be hearing about on Friday night? Yeah, for sure. And, and that's why uh, we appreciate you. I, I appreciate you. Our, our team appreciates HU. The town of Drexel appreciates, appreciates uh, you covering us because I know that you do typically cover the uh, northern schools of eight-man football and uh, we don't get too much press coverage in, in the southern uh, part of eight-man football. Uh, so thank you uh, for for that first. Um, if if someone that had never seen Drexel play just from a, a wide view, uh, I would hope that they would uh, come away, you know, thinking that the team uh, plays hard. Uh, we play with uh, speed and, and we play aggressively. And we're kind of led by uh, we got a freshman or excuse me, we got a sophomore running back, uh, linebacker, Jacob Coffey, who uh, burst onto the scene last year as a freshman. Um, he's typically, these last two years, he's been up towards the top of eight-man football in uh, rushing and tackles. And then uh, we got a bunch of other really nice pieces around Jacob that help uh, complement him very well. 
So if you look at our box scores, you'll see Jacob uh, lead us with rushing quite a bit, but every now and then you'll see senior quarterback Ethan Irvin will ha go off and have a big game, or junior uh, kind of all-purpose back receiver Corey Compton will come away with five touchdowns seemingly out of the blue. Um, on the defensive side, uh, we have a little tiny defensive tackle. His name is uh, Mike Munter. He's a sophomore, and uh, he can hold down the defensive line really well. And then our edge is set by uh, senior defensive end Gage Sanders, who might be one of the toughest men in eight-man football. Well, Coach, let's uh, let's talk about your guys' uh, regular season. Um Technically, um, technically, you guys were nine and zero, but right now, you know, with um, you guys had a forfeit on your guys' schedule, which puts you guys at eight and one. Just um, but you guys have had a real impressive season here so far. Just um, talk about your regular season as a whole. Yeah, uh, it's a it's a momentous uh, occasion for our guys. They've worked uh, really hard this season and this off season, uh, trying to prepare. And uh, it's good to see the record reflect that. Um, you do have that kind of one asterisk with, with the forfeit. And um, I think Christopher uh, Tenpenny with the Southcast Tribune did a real good job uh, kind of explaining that. And, and I don't want to get into the jugglers of that because I don't think this is a three-hour podcast. Um, but there are some uh, circumstances there. Uh, so we had to had to forfeit that first game. Uh, you hate to see that, but the guys uh, rebounded from it uh, very well and didn't let that uh, slip up be carried with us. And uh, you know we're our district's pretty tough. Of course, a lot of districts in eight man are the same, but our district's mainly made of uh, conference teams. So you're going to see uh, two, three teams couple times uh of course beating anyone twice in in the playoffs is tough because you get a chance to get some tape on people and figure out game plans so we're not trying to uh celebrate our, our victories as much because we know we're going to turn around and see these same teams again uh in district play and of course you have a uh, conference rivalries tied in and, and a lot of these uh, towns we play are so close or the kids kind of know each other and, and talk on social media. Uh, so we're we're happy with our season, but we're also preparing for a battle ahead of us, even with those teams we may have been uh, victorious with the first time around. Well, Coach, let's talk about uh, eight-man district one. Obviously, you know, like I said, you know, not a lot of people really see the other side of the state as far as eight-man football. Just a Give your thoughts on eight-man district one as a whole. Yeah, eight-man district one. It, it's been interesting. Uh, we we were supposed to have more north-south uh, crossover games uh, than what really ended up playing out. I know a lot of the southern schools had uh, northern schools uh, scheduled, and due to COVID or, or quarantine, some of those games got uh, canceled. And then teams kind of just picked up other teams in their area, be it a north with a north or a south with a south. Uh, there's been a there's been a few uh, crossover games, but just a very slim margin. Um, and and it all comes down to what is your uh, dividing line between northern and and southern schools, of course, uh, because down here to us, a school like Southwest Livingston would be a northern school. 
Um, so then they, of course, are called a southern school to a, a team even farther north of them. Uh, but District 1 is, is mainly the WEMO conference with the addition of uh, Northwest Hughesville this year to the, the district. And uh, it's, it's always hard to get conference wins. Uh, Archie burst onto the scene this year as a new team to eight-man football this year. Uh, Coach Drew Smith has really got that program headed in, in the right direction, and uh, I think they've surprised a lot of people, especially with their offensive uh, output. They got some great weapons at, at quarterback with Wolf and running back with Sutton and tight end Yonig. And then uh, even Jasper, further uh, down south, has uh, rose up the ranks in, in scoring. And uh, Coach Ballard down there has those guys playing real tough, uh, real physical football, and they like to score a bunch of points as well. So it's kind of been interesting to uh, see those two new teams to uh, eight-man football have some success in uh, District 1. Well, Coach, let's get matchup specific now. You guys are the number one seed in that district. You guys have the eighth seed, Osceola, on the schedule this week. Um, talk about the scouting report as far as them, and uh, what can we expect from the football game on Friday? Yeah, uh, Osceola is led by head coach Cody Carney. Um, I've always got a lot of respect for uh, Cody. He's always uh, got a scheme to keep his guys competitive. And this year he's uh, chosen to go with a, a wide uh, spread attack, uh, passing primarily the majority of his plays. Um, I would say similar to or looks uh, kind of like a Pattonsburg offense in that respect, uh, maybe running about 20% of the time. Uh, we're, we're looking forward uh, to this matchup because a lot of the other matchups we see teams uh, run uh, primarily, probably an 80% uh, run mix. Uh, so we don't get to uh, hone in on our pass defense too terribly much. So we really look forward to the challenge of defending primarily the pass. Uh, so when you do get to a heavy run team, you, you have that experience in your pocket and, and it's been game tested. So we're looking to defend a lot of uh, field and and hopefully uh, you know complete or hold the uh, completions to a, a small percentage and our uh, they get the ball out real quick. So our our defensive line is going to have to perfect their uh, pass rush. They don't have the normal amount of time that you might would with a run heavy team that's going to run a play action first off that pass and you have a little bit of time to get back there. Well, Coach Dean, I want to thank you so much for coming on the podcast and joining us for the very first time. And um, good luck to uh, you and your boys on Friday as you guys try to advance through district play. We appreciate that. And uh, once again, thank you for the coverage. And I'm looking forward for my second appearance on the Cliff Note podcast. Absolutely. That will definitely be coming very, very soon, Coach. So uh, thank you so much again. Thank you. Thank you so much, Coach D, for joining the podcast here. Let's run down the rest of this bracket here. The four-seed Northwest Hughesville, they're going to be taking on the five-seeded Jasper. And then the two-seed Archie is going to take on the seven-seed Appleton City. And then Liberal will round out the bracket. They're going to be taking on the number six-seed Rich Hill. We're going to leave off this uh, program here in eight-man district one and two. We're going to leave it off here. No signing off here. Devin and Anthony and I, we're going to break down this bracket. That will take us home here on the Cliff Notes podcast. 
Week 10 pregame show. And we're here on the Cliff Notes Podcast. We got three districts out of the way. We got one more coming up. We got eight-man District 1. One more, District 1. Devin Albertson, Anthony Crane back with us here. Um, we're talking some more eight-man football. Gentlemen, how you guys doing? Great. Good. Thanks for having us on. Always, you know, uh, hey, eight-man football fans, listen, they get to have you guys on four times instead of just once. So, you know, hey. It's like a double mint gum. You said it twice. Double the pleasure, double the fun. We're talking eight-man football and Devin Albertson. <laughs> and uh, I know we're not on camera right now. Devin almost has a T-shirt on that looks like double mint gum there. So um, yeah. here, um, but let's get to the uh, serious note here. It's an eight-man district one here. We've got um, a few state-ranked football teams in here, Drexel and Archie. And um, gentlemen, your thoughts overall and uh, just the usual stuff, Um any sleepers, any players, anything like that? Drexel, Archie, or anybody like that, District 1? Go ahead, Anthony. Uh, you know, I think we uh, we discussed the last few districts, how it comes down to two teams. And I think South, um, it's the same way. You have Drexel, who may have the best, at least best young player, if not one of the best players in the state, Jacob Coffey. Uh, he's a fantastic running back. Uh, maybe even a better linebacker. Uh, that defense overall has been fantastic all year. You know, Coach Dean loves talking about his number one ranked defense. Um, but what I'll be interested to see is, you know, we talked about uh, a month or so ago when Archie and Drexel played, uh, that it was disappointing that Archie was going to be without some of their players um, because we could at least have a preview of what we believe to be the district championship. Um, because when Archie is healthy and when they have everyone there, uh, there hasn't been a defense that's been able to slow them down. So that's what I think this district championship will come down to is whether Drexel is capable of stopping Archie. And then if they're also able, if not, if they are able to keep up with them offensively with the amount of points that the whirlwinds can score. Um, so that's what I'm excited for in this district. Um, it may be what, you know, we kind of have an idea of what to expect in districts two, three, and four. Uh, I think district one has the most questions, though. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, you, there's a couple of the two maybe most interesting first round games are in this district with a three six matchup of Liberal Rich Hill because Liberal won week nine just last week by six points, 50 to 44. So when you play a team like that back to back weeks and it was so close the first time, you don't know what's going to happen kind of the second time through. Liberal is on a six-game winning streak ever losing to, ever since losing to Drexel in week three, lost to Archie in week one. So since that point, they've been on a little bit of a roll. Um, I think they still beat Rich Hill in the rematch. I think the game's just kind of interesting to see how the rematch goes when it's that close to, together and they're close again the first time. And then the four or five matchup between Northwest Hughesville and Jasper, it's just a big unknown. They both played Bramer this year. Hughesville blew them out. Jasper handled them pretty fairly, uh, but Bramer's not a very good team, so it's hard to gauge how these teams are going to match up with each other a little bit. And you look at Hughesville, they're 5-1 on the schedule, but they've beaten four bad teams for those five wins. They beat Keatsville twice, beat Bramer. Um, I think they beat Skyler County or something like that. They didn't beat very good teams. Their one game they had versus a team with a pulse was North Shelby, and they got beat pretty bit, um, badly in that game. Uh, but North Shelby did tell me that they think they're still pretty good. They're just not quite to their level kind of deal. Um, kind of a young team still figuring some things out. They have a good sophomore quarterback in Tanner Domla, who is the coach's son kind of deal there. So I think they're an interesting team. I think they'll probably beat Jasper. This is the game I'm going to actually on Friday is Jasper at Northwest Hughesville because I wanted to, the mystery of that game kind of pulled me in a little bit to kind of see how that game was going to go. 
I don't think either one has a real chance to beat Drexel in the next round. I think Drexel's just a well-oiled machine there with Coach Dean. Um, his defense is very good. Don't tell him I said that, though. Um, so Drexel versus Archie should be very good for the district championship game, though. Uh, very excited to see how those two teams go, hopefully both at full strength this time. Because um, for Archie, Dylan Sutton is also a very good running back for them. He's every bit as talented as Coffee is kind of at this point. Coffee's a very, very good sophomore, though. So Drexel's going to be set up for the next couple of years to make some deep playoff runs again. They were a semifinal team last year, lost to the eventual state champions, Mound City. They kind of figured after last year they weren't quite to where they needed to be. This offseason did a great job of getting better, and I think they're kind of at that point now where they're knocking on the door of some of the teams up north. I think Drexel is the best hope for the state outside the northwest part of the state to possibly win a state championship this season. Well, the south has been interesting all year because when I was down there and talking to other teams, uh, and specifically talking to Rich Hill, they believed they were the, maybe the second-best team down there. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not sure what what's happened to them this year, um, but it's, it's been interesting because they had high hopes, um, especially, you know, I think Coach Dean had some good things to say about them. Uh, Appleton City said some good things about them, and they just haven't been able to put it together. Um, and then, you know, Jasper, they started out so well um, early this season, um, and you thought maybe they could be the surprise team, you know, new team to eight-man. Uh, maybe they had the Archie effect um, where they just, you know, take it by storm. Uh, but since, you know, their hot start, they have not been the same. Um, yep. So we'll see, uh, you know, you'll see uh, tomorrow night what exactly is going on with Jasper. I know it's the second time you've seen them. Um, so you know them a little better than I do. Uh, they are good. I actually go. I, they always uh, play on I, Saturday. Yeah. Uh, well, you're the only one brave enough to drive two and a half hours to watch a blowout, so – Hey, I had to see my boy, Coach Magruder, too, all right? I had to go see him on a Saturday. They, I didn't see him since week four, so it's been a while. Definitely uh, shout-out to Ward <laughs> Magruder there. Um, gentlemen, here's the thing that really stuck out to me, and I want to ask you guys what your opinion on this. Uh, Devin, you alluded to the Liberal-Rich Hill matchup. Um, that being a rematch from last week, even. We got um, – I know we don't really talk much about 11-man football here on the 8-man portion, but – we have three 11-man matchups this week in district that are rematches from last week. Do you guys really feel weary of, like, these rematches happening, like, so quick like that where maybe um, there is a possibility that maybe the other team can sneak up and win that game if they make enough corrections? Well, they kind of uh, – of the two teams. Like, you see, like, last year, Rockport and Mount City played back-to-back weeks, and it was the same result back-to-back weeks as a 45-point win City. So if it's a close game the first time, the second game can be really interesting because both teams kind of make the little little adjustments to make a big difference. But if you lose big, the little adjustments mean you lose by 40 instead of 48 kind of deal. So it's not as big of a deal there. We've seen in the past, like Stanbury and Worth County playing one mm-hmm. week, weeks later playing each other again. Those are the games where the teams are evenly matched. But I look for the second time around like, hey, this could be really interesting. But if it's kind of a blowout the first time, then it's just going to be like, oh, well, maybe it's a little closer, but probably not going to be an upset completely. Yeah, like like Devin said, I think it all depends on how evenly matched those teams are. You know, I think college sports, professional sports, maybe you see that. Um, there can be some adjustments, you know, even in like a 20-point game. Maybe there's uh, – we'll take North Shelby, North Andrew, for example. There were some things that happened in that game that led yeah. to that game being a 24-point game. Uh, games like that maybe – but I, 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 like that. I don't, yeah, I don't see that in this one. 
Um, but you never know. And credit to Coach McKee and Liberal. Uh, they were a team that lost some guys from last year. Uh, they started out really slow. Um, but they have really come on as of late. I don't think they're any danger of winning that district. Um, but props to them for turning what looked like a down season into a fairly good season. And one more thing on Liberal there. Uh, shout out to their best player, um, Gunnar Miller, running back, running back, <laughs> back to the state. He's got great hair as well as Anthony Saul, the way he's doing the preview beginning of the season. Uh, Gunnar yeah. Miller, they're there for Liberal. I mean, his hair matches his name. So I'm. <laughs> Oh, definitely, I'll have to. I'll definitely have to see that, guys. I think uh, one of you guys might have to post a picture of that on Twitter and tag me. And that definitely. Um, we're talking about hair. Um, we're talking about. I had an opportunity to bring Philip Dean on the show for the first time and uh, talked about his hair, looking like Tim Lincecum and all that good stuff. So, um, yeah, now we're to Anthony Crane. You guys stuck it out with me for four segments here. Um, I want to thank you both for coming on the podcast. I know that. Um, you know. As excited as I am, I know you two are really excited for this postseason, what it could possibly bring. And um, I'm looking forward to the next probably four to six weeks here um, talking about playoff football with you guys. Sounds good. Thanks, sir.